I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, April 27th, 2020. I'm Simon Owen. In the coronavirus crisis, critical workers take many forms. Today, we look at the food industry and efforts to keep grocery stores stocked. Our people are dedicated to providing food security to the 20 million Americans that rely on us every day, and they've been doing a phenomenal job. This is the Fox News Rundown Global Pandemic. First to date, the main headlines in the coronavirus outbreak. And after three weeks out sick, including three nights in intensive care with the virus, Britain's Prime Minister is back at work. But as Boris Johnson returned to 10 Downing Street, he was in no mood to join other European leaders in relaxing a nationwide lockdown. Johnson instead asking Britons to, quote, contain your impatience, insisting that while progress has been made in combating the outbreak, this is also, he said, the moment of maximum risk. Britain now recording more than 20,000 coronavirus deaths in one of the world's worst epidemics. It's a different story elsewhere in Europe, though. Hard-hit Italy is now setting out plans to ease restrictions, reopening some businesses and allowing limited family visits. Norway and Switzerland are the latest to reopen certain stores. And in a win for parents in Spain... That country has lifted one of the world's strictest coronavirus rules. After six weeks, children can now go outside. How is your local grocery store coping with the coronavirus? Hopefully things have settled down, perhaps after an early flurry of toilet roll panic buying. Many stores, though, are still counting at least a few empty shelves. And as some meat production plants close, one producer is issuing warnings about America's food supply chain. So how is that chain holding up? We do have some categories that are tight uh, and consumers don't necessarily get the variety they want, but we're certainly keeping up with the volume. Mike Duffy is the CEO of C&S. It's the United States' largest wholesale grocery supply company with 17,000 employees getting goods to some 7,700 supermarkets and military bases. Now that said, the, uh, the protein supply chain is, um, is very challenged right now. Yeah, and Tyson Foods has said in recent days that, quote, the food supply chain is breaking. Um, It's had some of its meat processing plants close uh, for coronavirus outbreaks or staffing shortages. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I I think the protein supply chain, particularly pork and beef, is very challenged right now. Our demand, and we we buy billions of dollars of protein a year, Our demand has been up on average over 50% the last six weeks. You combine that with the the cumulative impact of the plants closing or the processors closing or running on limited schedules, the production output is down 20 to 30%. So that combination, demand up 50, supply down 30, will lead to increased out-of-stocks at retail until the processing capacity is brought back online. So saying it's very challenged right now is more than a fair statement. Is there certain products, I mean, is meat an example of something that we're likely to see shortage of in, in the months ahead? I think, I think yeah, meat, meat is broad. I think it would be, you know, the pork is very challenged right now and beef is running close behind. Uh, poultry seems to be holding up, but uh, I, I think pork and beef are very challenged right now. And it's the function of when it will come back 
uh, in strength is really a function of when the processing capacity can be brought back online. You know, if the plants could be down for a week or two and brought back online, it may be a 30-day gap. It, it's all a function of production output. That's presumably one of the most challenging parts of your planning here is that you do not know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, let alone the next five weeks. Right, because there's two variables. There's the supply, but then the consumer. So the consumer, like I said, we've seen our demand up over 50% on average uh, the last six weeks. So if the consumer continues that uh, buying at those levels, uh, the stocks and the inventory will run out that much faster. Do you have any idea whether they will keep buying at, at the kind of levels you've seen? Uh, I don't know, because I think freezers are getting full. I think it's easier to freeze chicken, but um, uh, you don't know, because we thought people would uh, relax a little bit on the toilet paper when it came back into stock, and that's not necessarily happening. So, um, Well, I hope that uh, it will settle back down. But even if it's up 10 or 20%, with a reduction of output or supply of 30%, that's that's not a good combination. So we're going to be stressed for a while until production gets brought back online and the consumer de- demand settles back into a new norm. And when you talk about being stressed, are you saying that you know there's a risk that stores could be empty, that people might not be able to get food, or is it that people might not just get the same kind of choice that they're used to? Well, food, food not food in total, in aggregate, but you know, uh, pork, for example, it would be much thinner. Uh, the, certainly the selection may be more limited, and the availability of what's on shelf will be limited. So it's not, you know, they're going to lower, if production is reduced 25%, that still means we're producing 75% of pre-COVID levels. So it's not that there won't be any. It will just take a little longer to get down the supply chain, and once it hits the shelves, you know, that's when the consumer, hopefully the consumer de- demand and buying patterns will be buy what you need for the week, and then we can rebuild the stocks. But it's going to be, it is going to be challenged, and I think people are going to see increased out-of-stocks at retail. Do you think that's been quite alarming for some people to, to go into the stores where, you know, we're just used to pretty much everything being there? Do you think people have been alarmed to, to go in and see stores just cleared out of certain significant numbers of products? I think so. I think it makes them nervous. So I think where they might have been rational last week when they start to see the uh, stocks on the shelf depleted, they get irrational because they want to make sure that they have enough uh, if they can store it at their homes for the following couple weeks. Is that a connection then to this phenomenon of, of panic buying? You know, what, why do we do it? Right. Right. Well, there's smarter people than me in universities that probably could help us understand that. But it's just... Um, it's the, it's the fear of being left out. And what can people do then when they're shopping? If we are all in this together, how should we be shopping at the moment? Well, what you need for the week. That, that's been the, uh, we're trying to get people buy what you need for the week, give the supply chain a chance to catch up. Uh, outside of protein, the other categories, there's plenty of, supply, of food supply in aggregate somewhere in the supply chain. But the system's only built to handle a 30% increase. When we have 40, 50 percent increases sustained for more than a couple of weeks, it's going to take us some time to catch up and fill the shelves. So stores may be running, you know, 75 percent of inventory than normal, which is still a lot. But if you buy what you need for the week, those percents of in stock will increase every week. 
Now, your company supplies an awful lot of stores, and I'm just curious about your staff. What are you hearing from them during this crisis? Are people worried to go to work? Are they proud to go to work? Our people are proud. Our, we've got uh, our mission and purpose as a company is keeping people in our communities fed. And, you know, a lot of companies during a time of crisis, they look for a narrative to rally the troops. We don't, we don't need that. Our people are dedicated to providing food security to the 20 million Americans that rely on us every day, and they've been doing a phenomenal job. So from the selectors in the warehouse to the truck drivers, they really have risen to the challenge and responded admirably and inspirationally. And on the safety, their health and safety is my first priority. So we do, uh, we've certainly gone uh, above and beyond a lot of the protocols that have been recommended to make sure we're keeping our people safe. Uh, we've we've implemented a survey that we send to our employees, say what can we do better or different to keep them safe. But that's something that we talk about every day as a leadership team. Mm. And have you had any of the survey results back yet? I mean, are, are people generally feeling okay about it? I think they're feeling okay, yeah. But th- there's always room for improvement. But our attendance uh, is slightly off the, what it was pre-COVID, which tells me that people feel pretty good about what we're putting in place. So we haven't seen, we, you have spot absenteeism uh, across the network, but on average, our, um, like I said, our attendance is, is running close, not exact, but close to where it was pre-COVID. You've been listening to Mike Duffy of CNS Wholesale Grocers. We'll be right back after a short break. And as a business, did you have a pandemic plan? You know, you're, you're presumably used to crises and you have to be ready to be nimble when extreme weather or whatever hits. But was there a document safely tucked away somewhere detailing what would happen in the event of a massive viral outbreak? We did. So we have business continuity plans that um, are tested and stressed every year. So you can imagine in the southern part of the U.S., we have hurricanes. In the northeast, we have the blizzards. So they get tested every year and improved upon. But obviously, an event like this, which is a a black swan event, is uh, really nobody had a playbook for. So we make sure we we talk to a lot of our retail and manufacturer partners. We talk to other companies, industry associations. We learn every day. So every day, we update what we're doing to make sure that uh, we're evolving as the situation changes. Was there a point at some time earlier in the year that you remember when you was there any moment where you sort of had a kind of realization that this was potentially going to be something very serious indeed? Well, we did. We, so our business continuity plan had a planning meeting with the city of New York at the end of January. After that meeting, they went back uh, and went to the um, H1N1 lessons learned from that pandemic. So we made sure that we, we took a look at that took a look at our current business continuity plans, enacted our crisis management team. And then I would say the beginning of March is when we really saw orders spike. So that first Sunday, we saw a huge, a huge 17% increase. But then the following week, we started to see the 50, 60% increases in demand. Um, You've been on the phone with, with the president. Is Washington taking the sort of steps that it needs to help you? They have, um, subsequent to the call with President Trump and Vice President Pence, we've, I've been more involved with Secretary Purdue in his office, 
and he's been fantastic. So he opened up communication channels for some of us industry leaders to make sure we had direct access to, to his staff, and he's helped us uh, with uh, relaxing some of the transportation rules and requirements to, so we made sure trucks were moving. He helped calm the public by stressing by what you need to try to reduce some of the panic buying. He's been prioritizing the personal protection equipment for the grocery supply chain and deemed us critical infrastructure. And he's doing a food purchasing program to help the farmers. So he's done a, he's done a great job helping us. So, I mean, you, you have a lot of statistics and percentages and data that you must be analyzing every day. But overall, do you think that your message to people of buy what you need is getting through to the American public? I think it is now. I don't think it did the first couple of weeks. I think people were still, there was too much uncertainty and unknown. But I think um, as uh, they are starting to go back to the stores and, you know, their trips are, are reducing. So they're going to the store maybe once a week versus two or three times. And they're starting to see, see stock levels come back up. I think people are starting to settle into, okay, I, I can just replenish uh, the pantry versus loading up. So I do think it, it is resonating. And do you think this is a crisis with an end point visible sort of somewhere vaguely in the near future? Or are you settling in for a kind of new normal here? We are we are we are, we're doing a lot of scenario planning, as many companies are. And we're settling in, I think, to a new norm in terms of heightened purchases at the grocery market. And we're running the scenarios 6, 12, 18, 24 months with different sensitivities. But I think it, I think, you know, everybody's debating, is it an L? V or a U recovery, and we're making sure we're planning for all three. Mm. I mean, you sound very calm and cool and, and collected. Has there been any sleepless nights or anything over this? Well, there's been many. I, I think, you know, like I said at the beginning, I, my biggest worry is just making sure our people are safe. And, you know, we have a lot of warehouses in some of the hotspots. And when New York City was going through what they were going through, you know, my main concern was making sure our people were safe. Um, the supply and demand and everything that's, um, you know, we got great people working through it, but I want to make sure we're doing what we can to keep our people safe. All right, Mike, you've got many, uh, different links in this chain to juggle and keep together. Thanks for the insight. Um, thanks very much for speaking to us and all the best with this situation. Thank you, Simon. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.